stick to timeframes. I do not promise seven days if it's going to be a year, but if it's going to be like a month, say a month, and then if you can deliver within seven days. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Do you feel you're wasting money you could be keeping in your pocket? Well, many private label Amazon sellers don't even know where they're wasting money, let alone how to stop it. But if that's you, we can help. Our new online assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a powerful and quick diagnosis, go to amazonprofitquiz.com. That's amazonprofitquiz.com to get your instant free analysis straight away. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 421. Hey, peoples of Facebook, this is Michael Veasley from Amazing FBA. Just a quick cautionary tale today about how not to deal with returns. Really painful subject for buyers and sellers alike, but guess what? If you don't grasp this nettle as an e-commerce operator, if that's you, then you have really invited bad publicity, bad feeling and bad things into your business. So you've got to get to grips with it. Stay tuned. So this is not my rant, but that of a friend of mine who's written to me because he knows that I deal with e-commerce. He's not a professional e-commerce operator himself. He bought something innocently thinking it would be pleasant purchase. So let's just look at, you wrote me kind of sort of detailed emails about it. And I think it's worth going through some of the detail of this. Um, let's start off with, he said, yeah, remember the last time we spoke about this, which is months ago, Linda, that's his wife, name has been changed to protect the innocent, was having trouble getting money back from a Chinese company called Joymitty. That name has not been changed because they're not innocent. They have messed up. So guess what? He said, you've got five minutes. This is a review I put on trust pilots. So let's just think about that for one second. If you sell online, whether on Amazon, God forbid, or on your own site, and I don't mean God forbid you should sell on Amazon, but God forbid you should annoy somebody. They have the power as a consumer these days to trash your reputation. And in this case, it seems rightly never forget the power that consumers have. Rightly, I think, to destroy your reputation if you screw up in any way, shape, or form. So let's just keep going with that. So that's the first lesson. Last February, they ordered six items of clothing. By the way, seven, six pounds, which for you as a seller is not a big order, but for these people, that might be a big deal, right? It's all relative. But it arrived, they're awful, nothing like the pictures are very poor quality. Second point, very simple, very simple. But if you ever sell anything online that does not look like the pictures when it turns up, however meaning your mistake may have been, that is the surefire way to get one star reviews on Amazon, one star reviews in Trustpilot, and possibly get your listing suspended for not as described kind of complaints on Amazon, right? Quality is another thing, obviously, like these guys are presumably just selling poor quality stuff. It's a seriously terrible idea to not have quality control procedures. And this is just an example. So that's just a few basic lessons there. Now let's get into the actual returns process. What happened next? We tried to return the goods via the website. This is impossible. Very poor idea. It may be that you have some thought that making it hard to return stuff reduces your returns. Yeah, maybe in a superficial way. 
maybe your accountant sits there and goes, oh, he returns it down. Okay. But if that's because your customers can't return it, doesn't mean they're not trying to, it's just going to destroy any reputation you're getting out there. And note, bear in mind, I'm talking about this now because it's a good example. I don't personally feel anything either way when I help my friend, but I'm particularly in the business of destroying Joy Mitty's reputation, although they sound like they deserve it. But people have access to social media as well as review tools like Trustpilot for a website or reviews for Amazon. And they talk to their friends and they text each other and they talk in person over a beer. And the amount of negative word of mouth you're generating is hard to measure, but it's out there. It's the opposite of what we're all straining to do, particularly if you're running an actual brand. So again, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. <laughs> okay, let's just keep going with this sorry saga here. What are the lessons can we draw from this? We pointed out there were, okay, so they had a returns policy. So they emailed the customer service department. So you're forcing them to email when you should be making it obvious. That's a really terrible idea, but okay, you've got one. We had to provide reasons, photos, and reference numbers, which we did. Now, again, this is painful detail. I know it's seriously boring for everyone, including e-commerce operators. If you're not in e-commerce, I'm amazed you're still watching, don't bother. But this is the painful detail that is also painful for your consumers, but they're the ones that give you money. Everybody else costs you money, right? If you hire me to consult with you, I'll charge you good money because I know how to make you money or save you money. So I'm going to charge you money for that. Amazon will charge you money. Shopify will charge you money. Your advertisers like Google or, or Amazon or whatever charge you money. The people who make products for you, if you have them made for you, will charge you money, etc. The only people who give you any money ever in the whole system are your customers. All right? Don't make them email you. But okay, you made them jump through some hoops. Sometimes people take the mic, as it were, politely, and they return such a percentage of your goods that you need to put a barrier in the way to force them to show you a reason why they should do that. Okay, that's not in itself terribly unreasonable. Just bear in mind that Amazon set the bar. Consumers are treated like gods. That's why all of us, me included, go and shop at Amazon and why we, all of us, me included, regret it whenever we don't. But okay, that is not entirely unreasonable. Just I would just bear in mind that the bar has been raised by Amazon. Okay, next point. So there's lots of detail points here. So I had to provide photos. They had a return warehouse in Guangzhou, by the way. In China, these guys in the UK. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you ask your customers to return stuff internationally. That's starting to get a little bit insane now. So they offered 10% of the total cost. Okay. So I can see why the sellers didn't want to incur the cost, but nevertheless, terrible experience. Okay. We put that returns policy said returns will be made at your cost. Local post office quoted 26 pounds, 57 in the US. That's about $30. Joy Matthew accepted they could return it, but once they received the full amount within Seven days. Okay. So let's just, okay. Bless my friends. They are so trusting. Like having dealt with a lot of Chinese suppliers over the years, I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm not making that general statement, but my experience overall, I would not personally expect to send goods halfway around the world and get the money back, but they made a promise to do that. And then they have, of course, failed to do that. But again, terrible idea for reputation. These guys probably don't care. Well, you probably do if you're selling on e-commerce and you're listening to this. Okay. Okay. The post office did all of that. They did a detailed custom decoration. Amazing. They actually did all that. Then they tracked it. <laughs> they actually tracked it. We have data here. It was with Chinese customs in the 6th of July, stayed until the 7th of August. And then this morning, so he wrote to me about a year later. So this is like Feb 2023 now. It's been returned. 
nothing's happened. Nothing was open. No explanations. And what my friend is saying is this, and this is exactly what you don't want people saying about your business, which is the following statement. Do not do business with these people under any circumstances. And here's what he says, how we feel. We feel totally ripped off. Linda, that's his wife, name changed to protect the innocent, didn't realize they're actually Chinese. Okay, so not in itself a problem, but if you're selling from the other side of the world, you should be honest about that. Now, for most of us, that's obvious. They were naive, but they shouldn't have to be. There's a phrase caveat emptor, but if you want to build a reputation, you shouldn't force your buyers to look out for you trying to scam them and fool them in every possible way. That is a way to produce a really terrible reputation. And by the way, that's Ragnet that pulls other people in who don't deserve it. There are many fine Chinese suppliers who produce high quality goods. So forget Apple and my, my good old one prop that everyone uses in videos ever because it's handy. iPhones, very expensive, high quality product at times making Apple at any given day, the most valuable company in the planet at times, right? Don't know if it is now or when you're listening or watching, but that's made in China. But it's made in China with huge, whopping, crazy levels of attention to detail. Most of it, one has to say, from the Americans who are back and forth from California to, to China. Not all Chinese manufacturers are bad, and many of them are honest, really seriously hardworking people. But somebody like this Joy Mitty guys, who I have heard of in other contexts and other people like them, do besmirch the reputation of the Chinese as a whole, which is a shame. So not only... Does this kind of thing trash your brand? Absolutely trash it. But also it pulls other people in distribute. So you're trashing like industry as a whole and an entire country in the case of this one. And the other thing he said is, of course, she should have ordered via Amazon. Yes, that's true. Now let's think about what that means. Let's just unpick that as well. Amazon has built just crazy levels of customer trust. That's because they've earned it. Amazon will hound you as a seller. And sometimes it's completely unfair. It's like the Fort Police or like something ridiculous. Okay. We all know this if we sold on Amazon for five minutes or more, but let's face it. They are trying to protect the customer and the customer does get treated like a God. I have so bought so many things in, on the high street, online, offline, on Amazon, other places. And I always regret whenever there's an issue where there's a return issue, particularly not buying on Amazon because they do treat you like a God. Now that is a absolute pain in the behind. If you're on the selling side of it sometimes, but you don't get 20, 30, 40% conversion rates without some serious trust building. And that's Amazon. And we are leveraging that trust. And so we have to accept that you've got to treat the customer like a God, but this isn't exactly treating them like a God. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash what this guy said is bunch of crooks. Please feel free to mention Joy Mitty, which I've mentioned several times by name, and I'm happy to do that uh, because this is all documented, right? I don't think I'm going to get sued by them. And if they did, I'd say, okay, this is documented evidence. There's no defamation. This is fact. Okay. So I'm willing to go on record and trash their name a little bit because it's pretty clear that they've messed up. So in conclusion, a few thoughts to, to pull this together. Let's just go through this whole sorry saga and do the opposite. And if you just did nothing but go through your entire processes and give this level of rigor to it, you will automatically be protecting your brand, even if nobody's ever complained yet or returned anything. Very unlikely if you've been selling for more than four seconds. But okay, let's imagine that you can still protect yourself against future returns and future damage to your brand. And the more you build something valuable, the more you should protect it. And that includes 
above all your reputation, as they say, lifetime to build, five minutes to break. So number one, don't make people fight to get money back to that degree. Number two, remember that we live in a line, a world of social media. This is more extreme than most people are going to get. They will get a podcast made about how terrible a company is. But number two, we live in a world of reviews. Number three. Number four, the things were nothing like the pictures. It's an easy mistake to make if you get the lighting wrong, the color of something wrong, the texture of the clothing wrong. We can all do that. We've done it. I've done it. But just be super careful not to do that. Okay. Number five, poor quality. Don't put bad quality stuff out on the internet because it's just too painful. Number six, have a clear way to return stuff on your website. Now, if you sell on Amazon, they can take care of that, but make sure you spell it out for people. Don't make it hard to return stuff. Make it easy because they're going to try anyway. And if you make it hard, what happens? They don't return the stuff. They give you a one-star review or one-star trust pilot review or whatever it is. Number six or seven, they email the customer service department. Okay, don't make people do that. Number eight, it had to provide reasons, photos, etc. If you're selling high-end stuff, maybe like a hundred pound TV set or something. Not that anyone has TV sets, but on a monitor like I've got here, maybe. If you're selling a 10 pound item or $10 item, I just wouldn't do that. I just think it's, unless you have a spate of return. I never generally bother because I think the damage to reputation has to be weighed up against the loss. And yeah, that's a, 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 it's a bit more nuanced there. Number nine. Be absolutely clear. If you're selling from the UK, for example, selling into the European Union, it's up to you as the seller to be absolutely all over the very complicated business of who pays for VAT, for example, or a customs duty. It's a mess. Too bad. If you choose to sell from the UK into Europe, which by the way, I suggest you might choose not to because of this, but if you do that, you are then encountering risks around complications with export tax and import tariffs and VAT and whatever. You have to be on top of that. And who pays for it if there's a return? By the way, my suggestion is you swallow that for reputation. Again, if you get too many returns, then you've got to balance that out. But I would suggest maybe just stop selling that thing. Reputation, lifetime to build, five minutes to trash. Number nine or whatever we're at, returns will be mad at your cost. Be super clear who that is. And number 10, you make a promise, you keep it, right? Refund the amount in seven working days. It's been about a year and they haven't refunded it. So that's a massively broken promise. What else? Uh, number 11, it, it stick to timeframes. I do not promise seven days if it's going to be a year, but if it's going to be like a month, say a month, and then if you can deliver within seven days, that's okay. So under promise, over deliver, right? Even in refunds or reimbursements. And number 12, I think this is the final learning from this. Just understand how everything you do affects your brand, which is the perception that people have of your company and your products. It's not what's in your head. It's not your logo. It's not your color scheme. Important as those are attempts to influence the brand. The brand, I would say, is your reputation is what's in people's heads when you say this company name. So I say join Mitty to this guy. He says, Crooks, that's the reputation. That is the actual brand they have. And you've got to be super careful to understand how delicate the environment is, how perfectionist and how cosseted we've become as consumers by Amazon. And that's true for me. Therefore, how delicate it can be, how quickly can people can brand your business, as it were, to use the old school name, meaning the word brand, brand it as, as crooks or rip off or whatever. There's always going to be a percentage of angry, disgruntled people who will just find everything terrible and you have to account for that. So you don't want to overreact. But if there's anything that's part of it that you can re-engineer, you can change, you can clarify your communication, your systems, your operations, the way things work, your understanding of the tax situation, your communication of that, etc. That's on you 
as the brand builder to clarify, to get right, and to really use to protect what you built your brand. It's ultimately, it feels like working super hard to help somebody else take money off you. And in the short term, maybe it is. Maybe you will get a bit of mick taken and you have to balance it. Maybe you've been too generous with your returns policy, but you have to really seriously examine every titchy part of this boring but essential processes and protect what you've got. Because if you go to the trouble to absolutely deal with the minutiae, the boring stuff that nobody wants to deal with, what you've done is this. I'm going to finally I'm going to reference a more sexy book at the end of this boring old nuts and bolts rant, which is this by Richard Koch. There's two forms of simplifying. One is that you do what Henry Ford did with the production line. You simplify the process of producing stuff, thus reducing the price, which is one way you can become very successful, like the Model T Ford. Any color you want, as long as it's black. Why? Because black paint dried quicker. The opposite type of simplifying, though, is like the iPad. Two-year-olds pick up iPads and swipe and can use them in simple ways. Why is that? Because somebody else took incredible time, money, and energy for a long time and did an incredible amount of work in order to make it simple to use, which means that the process of creating it was incredibly unsimple. Now, this is one of those places where you have to deal with so many possible ways that returns can go wrong, or refunds, or both, and just smooth that path so that your customer has that seamless, easy experience. And never, ever forget that Amazon dominates like a behemoth in the e-commerce space for that reason. They have taken incredible amounts of trouble over decades to give the consumer an amazing experience. Now, whatever you like or hate Amazon, they are obsessed with the customer experience and they have taken that trouble. So if you want a brand as strong as Amazon or even no, a tenth as strong. And it, by the way, measured in conversion rates, 20% typical on Amazon, 2% typical on Shopify for average kind of brand. Do the math, right? The conversion rate does not lie. If you want that kind of conversion rate, that brand loyalty that translates into cold, hard cash, you got to sweat for it, but it is worth it as Amazon demonstrates very well every single day of the week. That's it. Rant over. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've learned some useful stuff. Speak to you soon. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 421. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.